Lori Houston's News for the Heart is dedicated to helping you give a voice to your own soul. Our hearts have the power to free us from pain and the struggles that keep us from awakening to our true essence. Join Lori now as we delve into our heart and soul to find the path that will open us to the possibilities and lead us to the life we love to live. And good afternoon. This is News for the Heart. I cannot believe it is the last day of January. When did that happen? We're already one month past the new year. It seems to have been going really, really quickly. Um, Yeah. So as we usually do, February is considered love month. And I thought we'd talk about, you know, we talk a lot about love versus fears. We talk about, well, we definitely talk a lot about fears. The question is, what is love? To me, when I think about love, it's having my heart fully open, which you can only do if you feel safe and there's no fear. <laughs> so mm-hmm. to me, that's love. Now, that can be romantic. It can be with friends. I mean, it's it's all inclusive. It's just, I guess if we don't feel safe, we can't keep our heart open. And if we don't have our heart open, then it's not love. It's something else. It's need or mm-hmm. want or, it, but yeah. So I thought we'd chat about that beginning and see where it goes, because I'm sure it will manifest in many different ways. <laughs> and since we've done this many times, I thought this is an interesting twist on what we usually do to talk about what really is love. All right, Tom. Okay. Oh, wait, did I introduce you? My wonderful co-host that comes <laughs> the last Tuesday of every month, Tom Campbell. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, you, everybody knows anyway. <laughs> but welcome to the show, Tom. Oh, thank you, Lori. <laughs> thank you very much. Well, love is a word we use a lot. It is. Right? It's, it's, it's um, you know, you, you see something that you appreciate and you say, I love that. Mm-hmm. Or you go make love. Or, um, you know, love is a, is a word that seems to have lots and lots of meanings, but not really none of them are really too specific sometimes it's a synonym for like yes sometimes it's a it's a uh, you know a synonym for sexuality Mm -hmm. you know it's um you know in our culture we just have that one word you know the greeks had several kinds of love right where they could differentiate between you know agape and and, uh, you know other loves you know the kind of love that develops in friendship mm-hmm. and um eros and what else there's a couple more um anyway they had several words and evidently other cultures also have multiple words for love where they they see that love is not just this one thing it's uh it's a lot more things so they have different different words for different aspects not so in english we just we just um of love and you have to understand what the speaker is saying based on content right. <laughs> you look at the content and if you got the content then you can figure out what it is they're trying to say right. but it's still confusing when you talk about love is to exactly what it is we're talking about so let's kind of work, work on the definition a little bit here all right now when most people say that they're falling in love or they're in a love relationship, most of the time for most people, that means really that they're falling in need. Mm-hmm. They've some found someone who meets their 
needs and hopefully that uh, they meet the other person's needs as well and then that uh, means they tend to pair off meet each other's needs but that's not love that's needs and we talk about unconditional love like it's a special kind of love oh this is <laughs> unconditional love but i would say that unconditional love is the only kind of love there is if it's not unconditional it's not love so if it say well i'll you know i love you as long as you do this this and that or as long as or if you know then that's that's an arrangement that's a deal you know that's something you negotiate it's not love love isn't negotiated love is always unconditional now love is always given away for free you know no conditions that's what i mean for free there's no conditions to it it's just given away you care enough to want to be helpful to want to take care of you know this other person or this dog or cat you know you can love your cat love your dog it's it's an it's a, a an in-depth a deeper emotional it's not just intellectual it's past the intellect it's at the deep level where you just care enough for something that you're willing to give to it without getting anything back just give because you want to because you care that much so that's that's love <laughs> so not as love always just freely given but love also you don't take it back right when you love someone even if it turns out you don't like that someone <laughs> the love is still there you still care about them even if you don't want to be around them anymore so love is something that is permanent in in that in that sense it's not easily let go of now it does <laughs> It does seem to come and go with time, but it's not really the love that comes and goes with time. It's just your your connection to it, your interactions with it. If you love someone and that person disappears from your life, maybe they die. Maybe they move on, move to another part of the world or something. You still love them, but your interaction, your relationship now is at a distance. So that's different, but the love is still there. And you still care about them, even if you never see them again. Absolutely, you're still there, and you still care about them, and you still hope that they're doing well. You have positive feelings about that person or that animal or whatever it is. Now, what about uh, <clears throat> what about loving inanimate things? Oh, I love my house. I love my car. <laughs> That's probably just using love instead of the word like yeah you're really talking about like there not love that's just us with our language we say love for lots of things when we're really talking about something else mm -hmm. yeah we don't say you know i fell in need we say i fell in love and so we say those sorts of things but that has more to do with like i like my house i like my car yeah but you know we do love our pets you know, we get very emotionally attached to them and they're part of our family and we care about them and we mourn them when they die. And, you know, it's, that is a, that's love. So it's not just human to human. No. It can be other things. Now you can Back love. 
easier to love a pet because <laughs> they almost never talk back. <laughs> almost. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. And almost. I know you missed, you just missed one of your pets. So I, my condolences for you and Pamela. Yeah, we just had one, a dog that was 16 years old, which is very old for a dog. Yes. Finally uh, came to his end. Yeah, it was just uh, last week. So, let's see, where was I going with the love thing? Um, Pets. So love, yeah, so love is, is a, it's a feeling. Right. It's an attitude. It's that you appreciate and care for something without any requirements. That thing you care for isn't nece- doesn't have to necessarily even be nice to you. You know, and we have a lot of that in families. You know, we're, <laughs> we're families have love for each other because, you know, that's my sister or my brother or my mother or father. And we have love for them, but we really don't like them. <laughs> you know, we, we want to get out of the house and get away from them. And we don't want to visit for very long. Short visits are nice, but long visits, you know, create tr- trouble. So that can be a love where the person you love, you really don't like very much and don't want to be around them, but you love them still. You still care about them and you still wish them well. You still feel positive. So it's positive feelings, feelings of caring, that you would do things for them. If you saw they had a problem or something you could solve or needed something that you had, then you'd want to give it to them. You would want to do that. Even if you don't like them, you'd still want to do that. You see, it's love. So love is the opposite of fear. Love is not the opposite of hate. Hate is something you get if you have a lot of fear. But fear is more fundamental than hate. Love is the love is the opposite of fear. And everybody has differing capacities for love. So the amount that you can love is dependent upon how much fear you have. So if you tend to be very full of fear, then your capacity to love is smaller. If you only have just little bits of fear, then you have a much higher capacity to love. So everybody doesn't have the same capacity to love. So a person who is very fearful, say very negative, very self-centered, only has a very small capacity for love. Now, it doesn't mean that they can't love. They do love. And they love right up to you know their entire capacity. And that may be all the love that you can get out of that person because that's all that they can do, you see. And that's limiting. So in order for them to be able to love more, they have to get rid of that fear. So every one of us has a kind of a a limited capacity to love. You just can't love beyond so much. And it's probably obvious to most people that the more self-centered you are, the less capacity you have to love. But the more self-centered you are, the more fear you have. Fear is always about self. Self Self-centeredness is mostly rooted in fear that that the eye doesn't get what it needs, that the eye isn't, you know, doesn't have what it wants, that the eye uh, is displeased with life, that the eye, you know, doesn't like this or that or other things or these people. And it's all about, it's mostly negative. And all of that's fearful. The eye fears that it isn't going to get what it wants and what it needs. And because of that, it has strategies to deal with that. The obvious strategy is it builds a wall. If you're afraid that you're not going to get what you need and that the the world is going to not be kind to you, well, you build a wall. 
And now you play the, the strategy of I can't lose if I don't play. So now you just, you know, you don't get involved. You, you get frightened if a relationship starts to get deep. It frightens you because you're afraid that it will go bad. And because you are afraid, then you don't let that relationship ever develop because your fear, as that relationship develops, your fear will start sabotaging it. You'll start doing things that stop that relationship from going any deeper because that's too frightening for you because you just know in your fearful little heart that it's not going to work out. It's going to go bad. It's going to hurt you. And you don't want that. Therefore, I can't get hurt if I don't play the game. Mm. So there's a lot of people who farm love. No, you know, love, stay away from me. Go away <laughs> because they're fearful. And these people have just a small capacity for love. So it's easier to see a person's self-centeredness. You know, you can look at people Generally, if you're around them for, you know, even 15, 20 minutes or half hour, you can tell people who are more self-centered from people who are less self-centered because for the more self-centered people, everything's about them. You know, everything is, is about them. For the people who are less self-centered, very little is about them. And it's, it's not that hard to be aware of, of that. And so you have to understand that love isn't just something everybody can do. I mean, maybe I shouldn't say it that way. Everybody can do it, but they can do it to more or less capacity. They can just do it a little bit or just shallowly, not so deep. And there's no way to broaden and deepen your capacity to love except by getting rid of your fear. So all of these talks that we have about getting rid of fear, you see it's really, this one is really the most foundational of them, you know, this talk, because that's the basis right there is fear and love. And if you do love and care about others, and not just other people, but just you know things. You care about the environment. You can care about the you know the clean air or the fact that polar bears are having a hard time these days, or you know those sorts of things. You know you can just love people, not necessarily individual people. You can love just humanity, or your culture, or even your country. You know, you can love things as well as individual people. And again, it's a caring to the point that you want to give. You want, you know, you look and you see, how can I help? How can I give? What can I do that will be useful or helpful to what I love? And then, of course, you have to be aware enough to know when that giving is being helpful and when that giving is contributing to the problem. You know, it's not helpful. You know, you're an enabler of bad behavior rather than just giving to somebody who has wants or needs. <laughs> so, love, because we have just one word for it, is a pretty complicated thing because it can mean so many different things. Right. But when you love someone or a thing, then you don't ask, What's in it for me? You don't ask, am I getting my fair share? You don't ask, is this going to, you know, am I going to suffer if I give? None of that matters. You just give because you want to. It's not intellectual. It's just very deep feeling and knowing that you really 
appreciate that thing, that person, that animal, those whales, you know, whatever it is. So you really appreciate that, and you're willing to give to it. You know, you're willing to give maybe, you know, dig into your wallet and send them some money. You're willing to go, uh, you know, help uh, if, if physical help is needed. Like you're willing to go, you know, if you just love people, you just care about people. There's lots of things you can do to express that. Or you can go work in the soup kitchen someplace. You can uh, go hold preemie babies. You can uh, do all sorts of things. And you just have a, a warm place in your heart for humanity in general. You just care about people. So it can be broad like that. It's not just small. But that broad love usually only comes with a larger capacity to love. As the capacity is smaller, it's usually just fixed on something, your cat maybe, or another person. And most of us, what we call our, you know, our, our love is, is a mixture of our needs, our self-centeredness, and our love. So it's not like these are separate things that never mix. You know, it's all mixed up there together. So for, the, you know, for most people, most of the time, your relationships with the people you love are a combination of your ego, your fear, your self-centeredness, and your love. <laughs> and it's all mixed in there together. So that's because you have capacity for fear and a capacity for love, and you express both. You express the fear in many ways, but self-centeredness is just one of the ways you express your fear. And I think so I, when you mentioned the part about you know, loving causes and stuff, if you have a great if you have a great capacity to love then the causes bring you love and you want to give but when you when you don't have a lot of capacity to love instead you see those causes as something you have to you have to fix and you get angry and you get you know that <laughs> justified feeling and and so then yeah. everything it, it and unfortunately, it becomes so much more negative and fearful and hate-provoking than it does yeah. loving. And it's an it's interesting because that's that's something I see mm. a lot. You yeah, know, yeah, people tend to get self-righteous. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Oh, yeah. those awful people out there doing these awful things. Terrible things. And and then you get you get angry at them right. and uh, upset. You want to, you know. You want to fix it, but you really want to fix it with force. Yeah. You want, to, you want to make them stop. What can we do to force them to stop? And just the fact that you're thinking in terms of force lets you know that, you know, there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of fear yeah. going in there, you know. And that, so, that's yes, indeed, that, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's very true. You know, people who, who, and then they say, I hate that, and I hate those people. And, uh, you know, I hate all this greed. Right. You know, well, you know, all, you know, all this greed and you know, I just hate that. Well, hate is is uh, not a useful emotion. Hate is not helpful. Hate is very negative. And if you are upset by all the greed and unpleasantness in the world, then if you get angry about it and you get upset about it, you are contributing to the problem. You become part of the problem because all the people who are shaking their fist and screaming and full of hate, that's also the problem. That's negative. So 
it's both. It's the people who are perhaps being very greedy that upset you and all the people that get upset about it mm. create this dysfunctional dance, you know, between those sets of people. And that dance just goes on and on and on, and there's no, there's no end to that. So the idea is that you see things that you don't like, like a lot of greed in your culture, then you have to be positive. You have to react to it positively. Now, what does that mean? That doesn't mean that you have to like it. It just means that you have to not, re, you have to not be negative. Don't spend your time being self-righteous. Oh, I'm better than that. Look at all those people doing that. They're awful people, but I'm better. You see, that's just the ego, right? That's ego. That's, that's self-righteous. That doesn't help. You have to say, well, all, those, all the, the dysfunctional things going on, you have to understand that those people are just doing what they do because that's who they are. You know, they're being greedy because they are just greedy. They have a low quality of consciousness. and they can't do much better than that, but they're learning. They're here to grow up. They're making poor choices. Those poor choices have negative feedback for them. People who are greedy are not happy people. <laughs> no. They're not happy people at all. And they, they get that negative feedback. They're mostly very miserable people. And they think they'll be happier if they could just get more. Yeah. Uh, they could just get more stuff. They'd be happy, more control, more power. And that would make them happy. But as it turns out, that doesn't make them happy at all. So then they need to try to get more because they're not happy yet. Right. And it, it uh, doesn't work that way. So these are people with low quality of consciousness, struggling with their choices, making poor choices, but unable to grow up very much. Well, that's the way it is here. No, most, almost no one grows up in great leaps and bounds. Growing up is a thing we do just a little bit at a time. And it has to come from the inside out. You don't grow up because somebody lectures you about growing up. You grow up because you see that you need to change who you are. So those people will suffer and they will create a lot of dysfunction in their life. And maybe eventually... They'll get the idea that, gee, all of that grabbing and grabbing and grabbing for things really wasn't very useful. And the stuff that was really meaningful in my life, which was the relationships, you know, my family, my kids, my spouse, you know, other people that I could have helped. And you kind of realize that there was much more value in that than there was in grabbing more and more stuff, trying to make more and more money, more and more control more and more power. So it's, it's a, you know, the, the system is such that when you make poor choices, you end up with a dysfunctional life with little happiness, little satisfaction. And it's like the harder you try, the further, you know, what's that, the, you know, the closer you get, the more you slip slide away. That was a, a song by uh, what uh, Simon and Garfunkel, yeah, the harder you try. <laughs> or you keep slip sliding away. So it's like that. And they keep trying harder and harder, more power, more control. And they just get further and further away from satisfaction, from feeling good about who they are and what they are, from having good relationships with other people, from, from love. 
the more fear you have, the farther away you are from love. And people see that love that sometimes other people have. Mm. They see that <laughs> and they, they want to know, how do, I, how do I get that? You see, like there's some way to go out and manipulate the world so that you have that. But you see, none of it comes from the outside. It only comes from the inside. The way you get that is by changing who you are, getting rid of your fear, raising your capacity for love, and then that is possible. And mostly it just happens. And you do find satisfaction. And you do find happiness. But it's by getting rid of your fear and opening up and being positive. So to all of our listeners out there, if you find yourself complaining, complaining, complaining about life, about other people, about the situation, about the greedy corporations, about the governments, about the fascism, about all sorts of things going on in the world, if you, if you find yourself complaining about all of that and a little angry about it and annoyed with it all, then you're part of the problem. You need to learn to be positive. Because if you're positive, you help other people around you be positive. You become a force pulling the whole thing toward a more positive space. Mm -hmm. And if you do that, you'll do more to fix that negative situation than you will by getting angry with it. Getting angry with it generally just makes it worse, mm -hmm. not better. So don't, you know, don't feel the need to fix other people. Just fix yourself. And that is the really most optimal thing that you can do to help other people. It's just fixing yourself. I hear a noise. Do you hear a noise buzzing? I don't. Okay, well then good. If you don't hear it, then <laughs> neither will all the people out there. That's good. It's, 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 the, it's the construction people in my house that uh, had, a, had something going on there, but I'm glad it didn't get picked up by the mic. So that's love. Love is something we give away. It's a capacity that we have as we get rid of our fear. And the first thing is we learn to love things that are easy to love like dogs and cats <laughs> and just once, <laughs> once we once we get rid of our fear to more you know more and more um love capacity less and less fear then we're more successful at loving people because loving people is harder you see people challenge you like pets do not true <laughs> <laughs> they challenge your ego they challenge you, yeah, but I want it this way. And I want it this way because I know this is the best way. <laughs> and you're not doing it the best way. And if you just listen to me, it would be better. You know, people have that kind of an attitude. They just, they just want to fix things and other people and change things to be the better way. So... You know, that's mostly your fear talking and you're wanting to control your need to be in charge, your need to help everybody else do it better, do it in a better way. And all that does is generally create difficulty. 
because everybody, all those people that you'd like to help do it in a better way, they're all looking at you thinking they'd like to help you do it <laughs> in a better way. And it's just everybody, you see, has that same attitude. So you see how impossible that is. <laughs> and as they reach out and say, no, no, Lori, don't do it that way. Here, here's a better way. Lori goes, I know a better way for you to do it. And what are you doing telling me about how I should do it? And pretty soon, you know, that degenerates into something that's negative. Yeah. So the best thing to do is say, well, people are who they are. They're doing things the way they do them because that's who they are. And learn to live with that. Not say, well, and, but that's dysfunctional and that isn't as good as it could be. I should, I should help them change that. Just let them be. And if you let them be and care for them, you know, if you love them, you will create a safe space around them in which they now can look at themselves and say, oh, I could do this better and change themselves. But in as much as you try to change them and manipulate them and push them, they'll never get to that safe space where they can change themselves. They just keep digging in, you know, doubling down on what they're already doing. So if you want to help those people change, you do that by being positive with them, by caring for them. Because if you give to them and they just take, and you give and they take, but you give because you want to, because you care about the person, so you just give. And doesn't matter to you that they take. That's okay. That's them. That's who they are. They're in take mode and you're in give mode and you're happy because you're happy to be able to give. Giving is what makes people happy. So if you just do that, eventually that person will think, oh, you know, all I do is take. This other person gives. See, I should change that. Yeah. I need to give back some. You see, they can change themselves. But if you say, all you do is take, you never do anything but take, 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 take. All I do is give, poor me, you know, <laughs> bad you, poor me, bad you, you know, and you, you have that kind of a attitude, then they're not gonna grow up. They're not gonna see that uh, they need to change. They're gonna build their wall, make their defenses, they're going to justify why you're wrong and they're right. And the whole relationship will degenerate. And then they you figure see, out that they're not actually giving without conditions. <laughs> so <yes. laughs> that's not exactly. love. <laughs> yeah, that's not love. That's trying to get what you want. Right. If I All give right, you love, you then you will give it back to me. Right. Right. But yeah. that's not that's not, that's not love. love. <laughs> that's, that's not love at all. That's not giving no. either. <laughs> yeah. Or no. giving with it's, conditions. It's yeah. uh, that's not it, and that doesn't make you happy. You know, I mean, we think we're happy, right? We fall in love, and oh, we're so happy. But you know that that only lasts so long before we have different needs, or bigger needs, or gee, I thought that. She, you know, she'd do this or he'd do that. And they're not really doing that. They're not the person I thought. And it's not working out the way I don't have what I want. And of course, when you're self-centered, I want is very, very important. Yeah. The I want is ahead of everything else. So yes, those relationships 
seemed to create happiness for a while, but mostly in the, you know, in the worst, of course, they just break up and people go off different ways. But in the, in the best, people learn to get along. They accept. They don't like it. They're not really in a, in a loving relationship, but they're at least friends, sort of. They've <laughs> learned those areas that you stay away from. They've learned about those buttons you don't push. So they are careful not to push each other's buttons. They're careful not to tread on each other's egos. And they learn to get along. And most people feel that getting along with somebody is much better than being by yourself. So those relationships, that's what we call really good relationships, <laughs> is where the people have learned to get along because it's better than being alone. So that's like, that's, that's like as good as it gets, you know, for a relationship that's not really based on love, is that you can learn to care enough for each other that you don't create problems. Stay away from the problem areas. But still, you don't feel very satisfied. You know, it's not like what you hope for, but it's what you settle for. Right. And... Yeah, so that's about as good as it gets. It's not nearly as good as it gets if it's really love. And when you love somebody, since it's non-conditional, it only takes one. So let's say you have a, a relationship, you and your significant other, and you have a much higher capacity to love than they do. They're still more self-centered. Well, that's okay, because your love isn't conditional. You can just give to that person. And when they're self-centered, you can just, that's the way they are. And that's okay that they're that way. And you still love them because they have other qualities that are positive, that you do like. You know, so just because they have some things or maybe they're self-centered uh, more than you are, you don't mind that. It isn't really a problem for you. It's just the way that person is. You accept it, you get along with it, you live with it just fine, and it doesn't bother you. Now, if you're, if you also are self-centered, then it bothers you. <laughs> How dare they do that to me? You know, it's unfair and so on. And then you get yourself in a whip. It's negativity and, you know, the whole thing starts to decay. So it really only takes one person in a relationship who has a higher capacity to, to love, to give. It doesn't take both. So if you have a, a partner and that partner seems to be more self-centered, well, let them be that way. Anticipate their self-centeredness. Don't trigger, you know, don't push their buttons. Don't trigger that self-centeredness. And just give to them and love them and care for them and let it be that way. All right, they may always be rude to you. <laughs> but you stop seeing it as rude. And start seeing this is just the way they are. And you realize that they do care for you. And they do love you right up the limit of their capacity to love. That's as much as they can do. And if you want to help them grow that capacity, well, you just love them and give them the space and the security to change themselves. And you have to have the idea that if they never change themselves, that's okay too. 
that's not a problem. Because otherwise, if it's all right, I'll do this and you'll change. Well, now that's conditional again. Mm-hmm. You know, it should be. You, they don't have to change. But you give them the greatest opportunity to change, the, the highest probability of change, just by loving them and letting them be, however they are. So maybe they're forever rude to you, but you stop seeing it that way. It doesn't bother you or upset you. It's just the way they are. And if somebody else said, hey, why do you take that? You know, they're rude to you. Why don't you, you know, push back on that? And you'd say, oh, no, it's just, that's just them. That's, you know, they don't really mean anything by it. And they don't. They really don't mean anything by it. It's just the way they are. It's their level of fear, and they're expressing that. It's really not about you. Never. You know, it sounds like it. They're being rude to you because, no, it's not really about you at all. It's just them, the way they are, how they express themselves. And uh, it's them. So if you don't take it personally, then you don't see it as rudeness. It's only rudeness when your ego says, oh, no, how unfair, how wrong, you see? But if you just see it as neither wrong nor right, it just is the way that person is, and you let them be that way, and you work around it. You work with it, and it just doesn't bother you. So that other person, you say, ah, no, it doesn't mean anything. As, you know, he or she just, no, it's just the way they are. But it, it's not, it doesn't really mean anything. And it doesn't, and it is just the way they are. And when you do that, that other person then has the opportunity to see what they're doing and to see their rudeness. Whereas if you fuss back at them, mm-hmm. then they'll never see their rudeness. You see, so you, by caring for them, you give them the highest opportunity for them to grow up. And that's the most you can do for anybody is to just care, love, let them be who they are. Don't let it be about you because if it's, you know, if your ego isn't being skewered, then it doesn't matter how they are so much towards you. It's not a problem. So that's, you know, that's what love is. Love is letting other people be who they are and caring for them just the way they are. And yes, that means all those people that you don't like that are that are doing those things that you don't approve of. You need to just let them be, give them space, be nice, be caring, be thoughtful, and that gives them the highest opportunity to grow up. Because all the people around you who see that you're positive and that you smile a lot, and that even though people come up and talk to you in ways that would upset them, and you know, it doesn't seem to upset you, but you still smile, and you're still happy. And no, you're not stuffing anger down and hiding it and pretending to be happy. You just are, and those things don't bother you. And that helps other people change. When they see that, they say that you're a model for other people to see and to realize that that's possible. So you help pull everybody else up by being positive, and you help everybody stay negative and help everything stay you know, low quality if you're not. So the only person you can change is you. But fortunately, the biggest contribution you make is by changing you. So love is a 
thing we give away. It's a, it is the expression. This is the way I define love in my book. You know, love is, is the expression of a low entropy consciousness. Mm. That's basically what love is. And a low entropy consciousness means one that becomes love. So that's how you deal with these negative things in your life or negative people in your life. I mean, look at that face. <laughs> <laughs> right. Look at that how face. How could you not love that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that, that fur is so nice when you get your hands in it, right? It's oh, very, yeah. Like, you just want to like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very satisfying tactically. To oh, it is. Pet <laughs> that cat. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, but people generally start with animals and, and things like that. They, it's true. You know, I love my dog. I love my cats. I don't do with people very well. <laughs> I don't care for people, but I really like my pets. And that's where people start because right. a pet is easier to love because it doesn't trigger your ego. Right. You've got this big ego sitting there, but the pet doesn't trigger your ego very often unless it you know pees on your foot or something <laughs> like that. Then your ego gets really upset. But mostly animals don't trigger our egos, so that makes them easy. But then the people that are close to you do trigger your ego. You know, and the closer they are to you, the easier it is for them to trigger your ego. If they're just acquaintances, well, they don't trigger your ego much, even if they're rude people or whatever. It's easy to just brush them off. But when it's the person really close to you, then that person challenges you and can push your buttons and get your ego roaring very easily because you have special wants and needs and desires for that person and they have to be different than just those casual people we have a lot more we expect of them and want of them you see so we need to let all that go and just let them be whoever they are instead of wanting them to be different needing them to be different but here's that person. Now, can I just care for them? And be nice. And if they're rude to me, can I just let it pass by because I don't see things as rude. I just see things as that's the way they are. I don't take any of it personally. It's not, it's not about me. People, things people tell you, it's about them. Even though they're pointing their finger at you, it's all about them. They are expressing themselves. They're expressing their ego and their fear and their needs. When they talk to you, they're expressing themselves and really has very little to do with you. So you can learn just to let that be. That's them. They have ego. They have fear. They're self-centered. That's okay. Just the way they are. But they have some endearing qualities too that I really enjoy. So I enjoy all the parts that I enjoy and I let all the parts I don't enjoy just flow right by like they're not there. So that's how you deal. And it's, that's with the significant other. But that's the same way you deal with the people in the corporations or in the government or, you know, you deal with them as you have to, but deal with them positively. And that will help you change better than anything else. Now, that world you'd like to live in, that world where everybody is kind and benevolent and thoughtful, that world will only take place when the average quality of consciousness goes up and it can only go up 
one person at a time, and those people only change by changing themselves. You see, so going out and hollering at them and throwing you know stones at them or something isn't helpful. That's not what makes things change. Mm -hmm. Yes, you can make changes with force, but you don't really change as much as you think. Yeah. You know, yes, all the you know all the peasants revolt and they get rid of the you know nasty king and queen, right? But look at that society 30 years later, 40 years later, and all right, it's a different power, you know, scheme going on, but it's just as bad as what you had before because the quality of the people haven't changed. So, yes, it may be some other form, some other way, different king, different queen, or even a you know, totalitarian government or something else. But if the people haven't changed, then the, the, the culture and government they create isn't going to change. So we only change those corporations and those politicians and those governments and all of that stuff. We only change that by changing ourselves. Grabbing them by the throat and shaking them might change the form. You know, we can use force. Kill all those people we don't like. All right, they won't be our problem anymore, but something <laughs> else will grow up in that space that will be our problem just as much as they were. All we're doing is trying to, to fix something by, by, by getting rid of the symptoms. All right, that dictator there, you know, he's the symptom. He's not the problem. He's just a symptom of a problem. And we take off his head and we get something else as bad. And even if we get a really, really nice person, that only lasts for a while. Because that nice person will very quickly become undermined, will become this and that and the other, and they'll be gone. If the whole system is rotten to its core, and by that I mean has a low quality of consciousness, then that one really great person can only do a very little for a very limited amount of time and it's gone and the rottenness, you know, puts itself back. So yes, you can have, you know, times of better, you know, better things, but in the bigger picture, the only way to get that nice, gentle, caring, cooperative space is if we change who we are if we change ourselves, because then when we change, automatically that government changes, those corporations, you know, those corporate attitudes change. Everything changes because they're us. They will change. So that's how you fix it permanently, by fixing yourself. Otherwise, we're just symptoms. All right, get rid of that corporation, get rid of that CEO, get rid of those people, because they're really abusive. They're abusing all their customers. They're abusing their employees. So we get rid of them, but it doesn't really fix anything in the long term. It only fixes things in a little short term for just a few people for just a while. It all goes back because they reflect us. They reflect the average quality of consciousness in humanity. The only reason that you are, your attention's drawn to them is they happen to be in a position of power. So their nastiness looks huge because they can reach out and be nasty to hundreds of thousands of people at a time, whereas you can only reach out and be nasty to three or four, you see? <laughs> so, so you look at them and say, how nasty they are. They're so awful. 
But that's the biggest difference. They have power and you don't. You see, they're self-centered, you're self-centered. You know, most everybody's self-centered, but these people have power. So their self-centeredness can just tear up all sorts of people's lives. And we don't like them. Our self-centered and only tears up our own relationships, our own lives, our own children and spouses and, you know, families and places at work and so on. And, and uh, that's small, so we hardly notice that. We don't see ourselves as monsters like they are. But there's not that much difference. You know, not that much difference. It's people that are in places, positions of power. It's not that they turn into monsters and they get the power. That monster was always there. It was just under the surface because it didn't have the opportunity to exercise that power, control, and force. So that's why it works that way. So you see, those, the, the people that we rage at are really a reflection of us. And raging at them, sort of like raging at our own inability to do anything about it, to fix it. Because we think the problem is outside of us. We think, oh, if I could just rearrange the deck chairs on the Titanic, you know, everything would be just fine. You know, it's, it's not like that. It's, the, the problem isn't outside of you. The problem's inside of you. Anyway, constantly trying to manipulate and change and fix the outside world, most of us are just adding to the anger and to the negativity and to the dysfunction that's out there, unless we do it positively. Do it positively, sure, you can go demonstrate for peace, you can write letters, you can write books, you can get on YouTube and you know explain things to people, well, that's positive. And by all means, do that. I'm not saying just sit back and, you know, you know, dig a hole, crawl in it, pull, pull the lid in over you. That's not what I'm, that's not what I'm saying. You need to be engaged. You need to be connected. You need to speak out. You need to talk about, you know, what changes we have. All that's necessary. Yes. Don't sit down and be quiet. And just suck it up and take things as they come. That's not what I'm saying. But you have to do it positively, not negatively. You have to do it positively. You have to show an example. You have to be an example. And you have to always be positive. Anybody can complain about what's wrong. But to show something better, that's helpful. Just complaining about something is not helpful. And when you show something better, you don't show it like, here's what everybody has to do, you know control power force i mean if everybody was forced to do this it would be a better place no it wouldn't mm. it would degenerate right back to the same place it is now it's that people have to make these choices you know on their own yes we can create laws that prevent people with making poor choices <laughs> but that's that only goes so far people have to change mm. it's just trying to keep people from behave, you know, from poor behavior and make them behave better doesn't really help them grow up much. They look maybe and act like they're grown up more because they obey all these laws. So they're polite and other things. But if inside they're not grown up very much, then it doesn't work. The relationships are still bad. You know, the, the CEO is still greedy. You know, you have all this other stuff, even if they're very polite and donate, you know, 
$100,000 a year to poor people, but they're still greedy, mm-hmm. you see, but they're acting nicer. Well, that's good. We like people to act nice, but that's not the point. The point is to be nice. So the only way, if you are nice and you do care about people, well, that's what we've been calling love, right? right. It's caring about people, being nice, helping, not self-centered, not taking, helping. So you see, that's love. So that's love in a big, in a big scale. And, but it's all the same thing. If you shrink it to the smaller scale, it's about your cat, well, that's okay, but that's a very simple problem. A very simple relationship with your cat and with your dog, with your parakeet. You know, it's very, uh, very easy. And if it's with your turtle, that's even easier. You know, it's hard for a turtle to challenge your ego. You know? well, I don't a cat know. Can, you can go a cat can do shell. it. <laughs> on that shell, not come out. <laughs> a cat can scratch your wallpaper or. Uh, can yeah, jump and drop things and break things and right. <laughs> chew up your ways. shoes. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. they have all sorts of ways to to get to your ego. But uh, no. goldfish and turtles are probably a lot easier. But <laughs> they're a lot less rewarding, too. They don't give back as much. Right. And a significant other is more rewarding than is a pet. <laughs> yeah. You see? So it's... It's just, where is your capacity and what can you do and how much can you handle and how much do you have to give? In other words, how little fear do you have? You're able to step that up. And then maybe if you can, you know, be successful at loving your children, because that's pretty easy too, loving your children. Not as easy as loving your pets, but it's, it's still pretty easy rather than trying to manipulate your children and make them be the way you want them to be, which is all self-centeredness, if you can just love your children, and that's love your significant other, that's a big challenge. And pretty soon it goes up bigger yet. You you love your environment, you love the world, you love humanity. You have a positive attitude about everything. And guess what? You smile a lot, you're happy. Nothing really gets you down. And you think when people come in, oh, the sky's falling, the sky's falling, you know, awful things are happening, terrible things, we're all going to die of diseases, everything's going to happen. And you think, yeah, well, maybe that's okay. You know, if that happens, then it'll happen and everything will go on and opportunities will still be there to learn. And it's just not that big a deal. Certainly not worth getting upset about. So that's, you know, talking about love. Now we talk about it from your goldfish all the way up to everybody and everything. And it's just about caring is the idea. Truly caring, not just acting like you care. You know, many of us go through life acting. Okay, I'm going to be a good little housewife and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to make the meals and I'm going to clean the house and I'm going to do these other things. And that's then, that's me. I'm successful because I'm doing all this. Well, if inside you're grumbling to yourself about having all this stuff I have, I have to do all the work, nobody else does the work for me. Da, 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 da. See, you're acting, you're not being. You have to be it. You have to do those things because you care, not because it's your responsibility, because that's the deal you cut with your significant other. You know, you have to 
be. So it's not just about going through life pretending you're happy, stuffing down your, your negativity, smiling all the time, and acting pleasant. Well, everybody appreciates you doing that, but it's not helping us grow, you know, as a people. You really have to be nice. And you really have to, the only, the only reason for anybody to be nice is because you care. That's why you be nice, because you care about people. So the, it gets right back to if you want to lower your entropy and grow up, it's about love. Seeing somebody that needs help and you just go help them because that's who you are and what you do, that's love. You see, that's an expression of love, an expression of caring. If you see somebody that needs help and you say, oh, I could help this person and that would make me be a better person and everybody would see me helping them and I'd get, a, I'd get some gold stars and I could tell everybody for the next three weeks about how I found these, they, these poor children and I helped them find their parents or whatever. Well, that's nice, but that's not helping you grow up. Any. That's not love. That's your ego. So it can be a little tricky, you know. In the beginning, people say, I don't know what's my ego and what's not my ego. Well, that's all right. Just do the best you can. You don't have to know. This is not an intellectual problem to solve. You don't have to figure anything out. Just be and care. I love care it. Care about others and, and love it. Yeah. <laughs> Just do it because that's the way you are. See, so that's how you treat people. That's how you need to approach your significant other and your dog and your cat, and your children, and the world love. and everything. <laughs> love. And love. So this is this is love month, I guess, or at least it will be soon. Tomorrow. This is tomorrow. <laughs> so. Well, this has been I think this has been a really good show. I think we've talked, we've touched on I and mean, we've talked about this stuff before, but I think we've put it in a concept that I think I think a lot of people will appreciate. So I'm happy. That's been interesting. Yeah. Love is the thing, right? Right? (laughs) That's what we're supposed to be. There you go. All right. You've been listening to News for the Heart. We've been getting the heart of what matters with Tom Campbell. Consciousness of love, love versus fear, love, caring, kindness, positivity. That's what we're here for. All right. We'll see you next month. Thanks, Tom. Thank you, Laurie.